Holly G with the Golf Insiders. We're going live to the media center at Augusta National, and I've managed to track down one of my favorite people in the business. She's a legend, and she's somebody that's been a mentor and has broken so many barriers in the world of not only sports, but golf. She was the first woman to host uh, a Colin show on WFAN in New York, my home state. She was the first woman to host a primetime weekly show on the Golf Channel back in the day. She is a author, a speaker, a philanthropist. I could go on and on, but most importantly, I call her my friend, Anne Ligori. Hello. Hello, Holly. Boy, I should hire you as my publicist <laughs> after that introduction. Any, <laughs> Thank any, you very much. Anytime, my friend. You have earned every piece of it uh, along the way. Well, let's just start with the big news. Uh, you would have to have been uh, in a coma, I think, to have not known what's been going on the past few days. Tiger Woods is teeing it up Thursday morning at, what, 10.34, Anne? Um, this is just, I, you've covered sports, not only golf, but sports for years. And, you know, each time we talk about Tiger, we say, is, is this the biggest story? And here we go again. Exactly. I mean, I think now the question is just the fact that he's playing here after what happened to him a year and a month ago in that near fatal car accident. The question is, is the fact that he's playing here the biggest comeback story of all time or his win here in 2019, which everybody thought was the biggest and most miraculous comeback story of the ages, right? So it's just fabulous that he – and just so fascinating that he's back here and after that accident. And, you know, he, he revealed months after that that they almost had to amputate his leg. They were thinking about it, and he laid in bed for three months. He couldn't do anything but think, perhaps – of his legacy and of getting better and perhaps visualizing and dreaming that he would come back and play the Masters again. And here he is. It is just, there is a buzz like you wouldn't believe in anticipation, waiting to hear what he was going to do when they found out that he flew up here with his son and JT and they played a practice round last week. And then sure enough, he came back, uh, he announced that he was coming back on Sunday, and he went out and played and practiced, and then Monday he was out there again. But I have to say, the amount of people watching him, the patrons, were it was like 10 rows deep just watching him hit balls out of the bunker and, and chipping and putting in the practice area and just people watching him practice and, and applauding his every move. They were just so appreciative that he was back here, Holly. It was something to see. And so when he tees it up in round one tomorrow, boy, I don't know. I think your best seat in the house will be your television right in front of your TV because I don't think you'll be able to get close to him if you're out here I had Augusta National. I so agree with you. You know, there are some things that just seem to be lining up again as another Cinderella story here, and um, yes, you know, he says physically his game is, you know, on point and ready to go. The big challenge is going to be the walk. But, you know, look at some of these things that could be lining up. This is the 25th anniversary of his first win, 
if he wins his sixth Masters, if he wins Sunday, he'll tie Jack Nicklaus at the same age, 46 years old. And, oh, by the way, he will break Sam Snead's record uh, and post 83 all-time wins. I mean, you know, some of these things we know in golf, there are just ways these stories line up. That's right. They're all magical stories, aren't they? And he wouldn't really get out here and play no matter how he felt if he didn't think that he could win. And he was asked, do you think you can win the Masters this week? He said two words. I do. Right. <laughs> so it's exciting. You know, Tiger, he's not going to come out here unless he thinks he has a chance to win. He's not going to want to come out here and not be able to handle the elevation changes and, and not be able to play well. So his swing is where it needs to be for him to think he can win here. And as far as uh, the walk, that's really his biggest concern. I mean, there's 160 feet of elevation changes here at Augusta National. You've walked the golf course. You know how strenuous a walk it is. The 10th hole alone has 100 feet elevation downhill. The second hole, 90 feet elevation. The 11th hole... Uh, what, 62 feet. So every hole has its elevation changes and challenges. And that will be the biggest challenge for Tiger Woods. He knows the course like the back of his hand. Yeah, I said walk and can he withstand the walk Thursday, Friday? Hopefully he makes the cut Saturday and Sunday. And a lot of people are picking him to win, by the way. So uh, they've seen that face of the tiger. He has, he's in that zone, Holly. He, he has that look like he knows he can win here. And when you have covered tiger enough and you recognize that look, it's hard to bet against him. Absolutely. And we, I recall that look when he won in 2019. He was standing on the 11th green. Those guys were dunking it into the water on 12. And you could just see the wheels turning. And, right, they're playing into my playbook right now. And nobody knows that course better than Tiger. You know, it was interesting last week I was speaking to, to Bob Herrig, and I said, I'm wondering if a part of this, you know, always is, is the competitive juices that, that get Tiger, right? Uh, what would have him still want to prove something? And he's got nothing to prove at this part of his career. But I said, I wonder if he's missing the boys. He's missing seeing, you know, the guys on tour. And he spoke about that several times in the press conference, so that we're a big fraternity and how grateful and thankful he was for all the texts and the FaceTimes and the calls he'd gotten over the past year. I thought that was really revealing. Yeah, I mean, he loves hanging out with these guys, he and JT and all the guys. He was on the practice area the other day, as I mentioned, and he was playing around with throwing a ball at Bubba Watson to say hello. He likes the camaraderie. He's gotten to know these guys really well. They really look up to him. They're, he's their idol, and he really embraces that. He always says Justin Thomas is like a younger brother to him. But to your question about his motivation, yeah, he has nothing to prove, Holly, but boy, he wants to continue to play and at his best level as long as he can, and he has a lot more to prove to himself. I believe that. Now, if you were to ask him, do you, are you happy and content with your career as a body of work? He says yes, but you got to believe that if he is healthy and he can still play his best, 
he wants to come out here and win major after major after major, and perhaps even having his eye on breaking Jack Nicklaus's all-time major title record at 18. He'd love to do that. So I think deep down inside he's thinking, yep, I have a lot more I can do. I completely agree. We know those stories about Tiger having that list, those goals on the back of his bed. And there is no guy that's more motivated by, you know, the just the art of the competition than Tiger. And again, this this could set up to be something uh something quite well, you know, remarkable. I, I mean, my God, we've run out of adjectives uh, to describe uh, Tiger's comebacks. But even Jim Nance might have to come up with something more than one for <laughs> one for the ages. And I don't know what I don't exactly. Know. I'm sure Jim is thinking about it right now. Even though those are supposed to be ad libs, he thinks about those legendary one-liners to call the final round of of the Masters. But you know, the question is the comeback. Is this comeback more miraculous than his win in 2019? Just the fact that he's here, does that qualify it as a bigger comeback story than perhaps his win a couple what, years what are they, ago? What are they saying around the press room? A lot of people think, yes, the fact that he is even, even if he doesn't win, the fact that he's even playing. Having, I mean, the guy hit a tree and it's 75 miles an hour we see those images I mean are you kidding me I say the Pope's going to have to come up with a new saint Saint Tiger unbelievable the, the nine lives right the myth the legend just incredible And but the fact that if he, if he wins on Sunday then yes it has to be even a bigger comeback story than we all wrote and talked about back in 2019 because the sheer magnitude of what he's been able to do from a physical standpoint. And he's very thankful to his medical staff and to all the people in his life. He continually thanks people for everything they've done to help him get to this point because you know everything from a rehab standpoint that he's had to do, all the work that he's put in and what he has to do, like, I asked him a question yesterday in the press conference about how agonizing just making the decision to play has been. It's kind of like a mental gymnastics, right? Because he doesn't know how his body's going to withstand. And he went into this very long answer of what he has to do every single day to recover as best as he can. And all the activations and going through the whole process over and over again, warming up, then warming it back down, testing it out, then you've got to cool it back down, and you do that day in and day out. And he said that gets agonizing and teasing because of simple things he said I would normally just go do and would take now a couple hours here and a couple hours there to prep and then wind down. He says he has to spend so much time now pre and post just to get his body ready to walk. So it's hard to imagine how much work and effort goes into the day-to-day just to be able to go out there and walk, let alone hit balls. Yeah, the power of his mind. Uh, He talked about those three months where he would, you know, literally focus on, say, three minutes at a time, right? Three hours at a time, three days at a time uh, as, you know, he was going through that that rehab process and 
let's face it, I mean, he, he was very graphic. The rods, the plates, the screws, you know, that are in his leg. And, oh, by the way, five back surgeries? My goodness. Exactly. How do you get your body to even, you know, so a lot of it has to do with the pain, too. I mean, what do you do to deal with the pain? And, you know, you might not be in pain when you're playing, but you definitely feel it later or the next morning. So he has to basically deal with all that. Like, you know, look, he's not young anymore either, right? He's 46, and people know is that they get older without all the multiple injuries that, that Tiger has had. But, you know, you feel a lot of aches and pains. But considering what he's been through, I mean, just the fact that he is here, um, I think, is probably the biggest comeback story we're going to talk about in a long time. And if he were to win on Sunday, forget it. It would be just off the charts. So both JT and uh, Freddie played with him on Monday and today. And I know both of them were asked about uh, what Tiger Swing looked like up front. And Freddie seemed to be just, um, you know, without words almost to describe how much his swing looks, you know, the same and how well he's hitting it. Yeah, his swing looks good. Uh, I've heard, you know, people say he's getting loaded uh, more, you know, that move to the right side looks good. Um, he has to maintain good position through his swing, which he's been able to do. I think the swing is where he wants it to be. He's been clear about that, and it looks good. It's really just the, the walking and perhaps the uphill shots where he has to anchor that right leg, and that might be where it's challenging because – it just depends, you know, with uneven lies, that's where you can really injure or re-injure yourself again, as you know. So it just depends. Hopefully he stays in the fairway and he doesn't have to worry about, well, you know, you're going to have extreme elevation in the fairway as well, but hopefully he doesn't go into any spots that are going to be really, really tricky as far as balancing and, and uh, putting too much pressure on that right leg. Another wonderful moment piece of this that now we're coming to see the softer, uh, gentler dad side of Tiger. And just his comments about, you know, playing with Charlie last week when they, when they flew in. You know, particularly cute when Tiger said, uh, just trying to remind him, these putts break a little more than they do back home. Florida greens are not quite like Augusta. He said, it was pretty funny. Charlie said, outside left? I said, no, it's more like three feet outside left. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't think Charlie kind of got, got a, a grasp of just the severe breaks on these greens. And, again, the undulations on these greens. And so his, but how would you like to have a, a teacher and a mentor like Tiger? Boy, if you're going to learn these greens, you're playing with the best there is here. So, And JT, too. I mean, John Rahm was joking that, JT gets so much inside information from being Tiger's close friend. In fact, Tiger always refers to Justin Thomas as a younger brother right. and the older brother that Charlie never had. And John Rahm in his presser earlier in the week was saying, gosh, you know, it's like he gives, I ask Tiger a question and he gives me a one-word answer, whereas JT will ask him and Tiger's giving him a dissertation of advice. <laughs> so I think he was a little envious of how close uh, JT is to Tiger and how much help the Tiger has been giving him. So it's uh, it's been fun to hear all these guys kind of, you know, they're a little envious of the closeness between Tiger and JT. And I would say JT's got to be one of the favorites coming in, and he is so hungry, and 
for for a major, uh, you know, who, uh, who who who's on your radar other than Tiger? Well, just to mention JT, I mean, honestly, he has admitted that he has underperformed at major championships. That by now he thinks he uh, should have won, you know, a few more, right? Um, my pick is Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith has had such an incredible season. He always plays well here. He's made five cuts here. Uh, in 2020, he came in second. Uh, last year, he was tied for 10th. And what I saw from him at the Players' Championship, you were there. He was phenomenal at the Players' Championship. He put on a putting clinic. His short game was just extraordinary. And that's the kind of game you need here at Augusta National. So I'm picking Cam Smith because he plays here every year. And he has that nonchalant, that very casual kind of attitude. Like, you know, like he, the pressure doesn't affect him. He's just so cool and calm, and I know he he's young, this, but... this Aussie zenness going on. Exactly, and I like that, and I think that's the kind of uh, mental game that you have to have. Like, you don't make it look like you're that affected by the pressure and, and wanting to win here, and he has a good way of kind of disguising that. Uh, or maybe he's just really like that. He's just very laid back, and that's kind of a personality you need to get around here and to withhold the pressure on the weekend. Well, that might only be the second biggest story, other than if Tiger wins, is um, the mullet in the green jacket, right, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? Yes, you and I would like to take some scissors and give him a, a proper haircut, I'm sure, right? <laughs> oh, my God. He's such a good-looking guy. Get rid of it, dude. What's up with I that? I agree. I agree. But, you know, you talk about some of these other players, and there's so many people that can win. I mean, you look at Colin Morikawa. He's only 25 years old. He's already, you know, won what, the Open Championship in 2021. He won the PJ Championship in 2020. Last year, Colin came in, tied for 18th here at Augusta. And he's had a good season. He's, he tied for second at, at the Genesis and came in second at the, J, at the CJ Cup and tied for fifth at the Tournament of Champions. And he is just so, so sharp, Colin Morikawa. So uh, he's certainly up there as one of my picks. And then Brooks Kepka. You can't say enough about Brooks Kepka and how he performs at the majors. And he's been kind of flying under the radar here, Holly. He I mean, has. He has. He he's, he's not in. one of the players that came in during the press conference. He, they didn't ask him to come in and talk to the, the media. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why he has a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't quite get the attention that all the other guys get. Now, he's a four-time major winner, and he's played very well here. He came in, when he's finished in the top ten in three of the four majors last year, so he's played well coming into this Masters, and uh, I can definitely see Brooks Kepka doing it again, just kind of surprising, not surprising everybody, but kind of just going out there and just focusing on business because he's the kind of guy that doesn't get distracted, and he's just so competitive, and, and he, he kind of has that chip on his shoulder, and I can see Kep, Kepka winning here this weekend for sure. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good pick, and uh, when, when he gets uh, – when he gets dissed a little bit, and that just gives him even more motivation. He's one of those guys that just, uh, you know, digs in and goes about business. Absolutely. I like Bruce Kepka. I would pick him to win at any time, at any major championship. You know how he, he uh, focuses on the majors, and he gets in the zone, and he basically 
doesn't deal with all that. He, he's so great at dealing with all the distractions. He just doesn't kind of focus on that. All he does is go out there and, and, and win. And what he's done early, you know, a couple of years, then he ran into a string of injuries. That, but, that, boy, the first couple of years he won, you know, those four majors, two back-to-backs with the U.S. Open. And he was just so, so solid. And I see that guy coming back eventually. Now, I know he and his fiancée are supposed to get married in a couple of months. I don't know if that's been a distraction for him. But, boy, it's Augusta. It's the Masters. And Brooks Kepka is healthy. And uh, I definitely think he obviously has what it takes to pull it off. Well, uh, the field is uh, is deep. A uh, lot, lot of uh, people on 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 the top of uh, of our list, probably. But uh, we 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 don't have enough time to keep drilling down, and we could, and no doubt about it. I think there could be a few people uh, calling in sick Thursday and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> to watch these first couple of rounds with Tiger, or or maybe they'll just uh, be be streaming it live. But uh, I, I can't uh, remember a time when you know not only just golf fans, but my goodness, the whole the whole world is rooting for Tiger again. It's great stuff. Great stuff, and uh, he has transformed his persona. Yet again, as a wonderful father, how many, who would think even, what, 10 years ago we'd be talking about Tiger in that way? I mean, we all know what he's done on the course, but off the course, he's really basically transformed his image. And I think that's because he realizes that as he's, you know, he's matured, he's older now, he has kids that are older and and that he wants to be a a, a great dad too and a great mentor for and he's basically checked all the boxes he he's been under the microscope since he was two years old and the way he's been able to basically transform his image after kind of a, a a tough go years ago with all the controversy you know with his social life and and all the injuries, now he's, you know, the injuries are still there, but let's just say his image has certainly survived and thrived, and people just are rooting for him again, and, and he wins. And, you know, that's a, that's a subject. We, you haven't brought up Phil Mickelson. And one of the questions I asked um, Chairman Fred Ridley earlier today in his State of the Game address was, boy, could you comment on just a surprising um, news you know, a couple months ago, would you ever have thought that Tiger Woods would be playing and Phil Mickelson would not? And so, and he gave a great answer. And, um, he said, absolutely not. I mean, it's just so, so surprising. He said, we certainly, it's nothing we anticipated. He, think, he said, I think in Phil's case, he made a personal decision and I don't know anything beyond that. He said, Phil did text him back in March and told him he wasn't going to play, um, but he did say how what a big part Phil Mickelson has been in Masters history, and he wished him the best and hopes that he works through the issues that he's dealing with right now. But then he started talking about Tiger, and you know he's truly amazed, as we all are. He said, "I don't even know how else to say it." 
He said, I would have probably taken some pretty high odds a few weeks or a few months ago, even a few weeks ago, whether or not he would not he would be here. But uh, he's just as amazed as uh, the rest of the world. And, um, you know, what what are the odds that Tiger would be playing? And Phil would not be here. I mean, it's just an incredible story. It is, absolutely. Well, Anne, we always appreciate your time, and thanks for uh, carving a little bit out today for us and uh, giving us your thoughts on the 2022 Masters, which gets underway tomorrow. Have Enjoy a great, it, Holly. Have a great week and weekend, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.